I mean, we think the First Amendment requires religious organizations be treated no less favorably than secular groups. A Senate's bill about equal treatment for religious and secular organizations has support, but there is one thing. This introduces uncertainty and invites abuse or evasion of Iowa law. But for the most part, the House version of the same bill seems to have settled it. We worked with a number of different groups to address those concerns. From Iowa Public Radio News, this is the weekly legislative podcast, Under the Golden Dome. Two bills about religion advance to the full committee. One requires the State Board of Education to create course standards for elective social studies classes about the Bible. You know, why the Bible? Well, because uh, obviously it has a disproportionate uh, influence in American history and American culture. But the focus on Christianity is meeting resistance. Are we really going to say that all these other religions have nothing to add? And a different bill would ban transgender girls from playing on girls' school sports teams. One high school athlete supports the bill. I refuse to live in a world where little girls like my sisters have records, titles, and scholarships robbed from them by biologically male individuals. And a transgender athlete playing high school sports opposes it. I am a girl, so shouldn't I be able to play for the girls' team? I'm John Pimple. This is Under the Golden Dome for the week ending February 11th, 2022. Iowa Public Radio has the cure for your endless scrolling. The IPR app. The latest news, your favorite music, fresh podcasts, they're all a tap or two away. With newscasts updating throughout the day, the latest stories every time you open the app, and live streams of your go-to station, you get only what you need to know when you need to know it. So stop the scroll. Get the IPR app. Um, The need for this bill, I think, has become very evident during the pandemic. This year, there are bills about vaccines, masks, and unemployment tied to the pandemic. But this bill isn't one of them. Uh, We appreciate very much how Governor Reynolds has approached the issue here. Tom Chapman with the Iowa Catholic Conference is tying the pandemic to a bill about how religious and secular activities are treated by the state. In other states... Um, people in churches were told they couldn't worship together while other secular businesses were allowed to remain open. In 2020, when the pandemic began, the governor issued public health disaster emergency declarations requiring some businesses and organizations to close or be restricted. Same for events that involved public gatherings. I mean, we think the First Amendment requires religious organizations be treated no less favorably than secular groups. This bill in a Senate subcommittee won't allow the government or state employees to place greater restrictions on religious conduct than on non-religious or secular conduct. Ultimately, uh, we are completely on board with the fact of trying to make sure that religious institutions are not treated any differently. Dustin Miller from the Iowa Chamber Alliance agrees with this. So does Joe Murphy with the Iowa Business Council, but they both object to one thing in the bill. We're just concerned about how this bill could potentially go one or two steps farther than that and and, and provide opportunities for discrimination. Section 1C of the bill says a person's exercise of religion can't be burdened by government interests. So from a workforce perspective, making sure that Iowa remains a welcoming and inclusive place to all individuals, particularly as we're in the midst of one of the worst workforce shortages um, in a generation, uh, we have some serious concerns about uh, 1C. Connie Ryan from Interfaith Alliance Iowa is opposed to this particular section. 
Senate File 2170 states that all levels of government in Iowa should not substantially burden a person's religious uh, exercise of religion unless there is a compelling interest to the government. This introduces un uncertainty and invites abuse or evasion of Iowa law, including protecting the rights of other Iowans protected under the Iowa Civil Rights Act and the work of the Iowa Civil Rights Commission. Republican Senator Craig Williams is one of the subcommittee's panelists and asks Ryan to explain. Give me an example of how it discriminates against anyone else. So it would put into question the civil rights law that protects people who are LGBTQ, um, women, um, religious minorities, and so somebody could use the um, the compelling interest argument to be able to not um, serve somebody, to not provide services to, to not um, allow them housing, um, to discriminate on a variety of different things. Senator Williams agrees to advance the bill forward, as does the chair of the subcommittee, Republican Senator Julian Garrett. This is a fundamental right, the very first constitutional right that was set out in the in the um, uh, Bill of Rights. And, and we will, we're open always to consider amendments. If people have better ideas, we'll certainly look at them. The House version of this bill has a subcommittee the next day, and Dustin Miller from the Iowa Chamber Alliance is there. We think this, at least for the things we were concerned about, is a much better approach and appreciate the efforts. Republican Representative Stephen Holt says this version of the bill does not have Section 1C. We did listen to the concerns when we, we first brought this bill forward, and we, we addressed those concerns. We worked with a number of different groups to address those concerns, and, and I think this is a good bill. The bill also says any state entity or state employee that burdens someone's exercise of religion can be sued. Siobhan Snyder is the Iowa Association of School Boards Policy and Legal Expert. She says a federal law is already in place for schools. The Elementary and Secondary Education Act of 1965 requires public school districts to certify to the Iowa Department of Ed that the district has no policies in place that would infringe upon religious expression. Schneider says if a school violates this existing federal law, federal funds can be withheld from school districts. If this proposed state bill becomes law, a school that infringes religious expression would be dinged twice. The language that's currently written in House Study Bill 677 would allow for claims of damages and doesn't specify what types of damages um, are permitted. So it could allow for punitive damages, which would result in taxpayer dollars um, being spent to pay private damages claims. Democratic Representative Brian Meyer says he likes this version of the bill more than the previous with the removal of Section 1C. But after hearing from the Iowa Association of School Boards... I'm not going to sign right now on the subcommittee uh, report only because I want to address some of these other issues that may have just been brought up and just kind of just take another look at it. Uh, but I have no initial fundamental problem with the way we're moving here, so I appreciate the changes that were made. Representative Holt says he doesn't agree with the school board's interpretation, but in the event they are correct... I think my reaction to the statements from the schools is that I suppose if you're really careful about respecting religious liberty, you don't have to worry about being dinged once or twice. Uh, I support the bill, and I will sign to move it forward. This bill advances to the full House committee. In another subcommittee on the Senate side, there is a bill that would establish standards for an elective social studies course about the Bible. Phil Jennery says the Iowa Association of School Boards opposes this bill. There is already an intensive and exhaustive process uh, through 
the Department of Ed to look at, at their at, uh, social studies curric uh, curriculum or any other curriculum. And so we would just urge uh, that if there is going to be a change, that it go through that process, and not the legislature. Republican Senator Dennis Guth is not a member of the subcommittee, but he is a co-sponsor of this bill. And he says the only religion covered in this proposal is Christianity. And if we are looking at um, trying to make something relevant in social studies, if we're looking at American history, we don't need to study the Hindu religion or something like that. The Christian religion is what was really fundamental in all of this. And the question about which version of the Bible uh, would we be used, if we look in the, the bill itself, it says that the student can use any version of the Bible that they choose. This bill directs the State Board of Education to adopt rules establishing course standards for elective social studies classes on Hebrew scriptures or the Old or New Testament of the Bible. Obviously, we need to know something a lot about Christianity or actually Judeo-Christian uh, uh, theology. Democratic Senator Herman Kornbach says if the legislature is going to establish this elective course, it should not be about one religion. Are we really going to say by including only a few and ignoring so many others, are we really going to say that all these other religions, all these other sacred texts have nothing to add, nothing to say about literature? We have a lot of Muslims in this country, a lot of people who practice Islam. We have a lot of people from South Asia for whom Hinduism is a predominant religion. A lot of people from China, East Asia. Are we really going to ignore these as well? Mr. Chair, I, I would be happy to join in a compromise here. If you wanted to do a strike after amendment and authorize courses in world religion or comparative religion, if you will, I would be happy to join in that. Republican Senator Jeff Taylor says the bill does not exclude other religions, but its focus will remain on Christianity. You know, why the Bible? Well, because uh, obviously it has a disproportionate uh, influence in American history and American culture uh, and in Western culture in general uh, compared to any of those other religions that you mentioned. Uh, that's, you know, that's just the way it is, good or bad, uh, like it or don't like it. Um, culturally speaking, uh, there, there's no comparison. And so that's why, for just reasons of cultural literacy, uh, I, I think there's merit to this bill. The two Republicans signed to advance this bill to be considered by the full Senate Education Committee. This is the weekly legislative podcast under the Golden Dome. I'm John Pimble. You already know you carry all of your favorite podcasts in your pocket, but did you know you can carry all of Iowa Public Radio too? Just tell your phone to play Iowa Public Radio, News, Studio One, or Classical, anytime for your favorite stream. We are registered as firmly in opposition of this piece of legislation as we could possibly be. Melissa Peterson is from the Iowa State Education Association. She is speaking at a House Education Subcommittee for a bill that would prohibit transgender girls from participating in school sports teams for girls. We believe this bill seeks to discriminate and also seeks to divide, uh, as well as penalize public employees, public school employees, who are tasked with the incredible responsibility of providing a quality, inclusive, equitable education experience for every single student that shows up in our public schools. The bill proposes that staff who allow a transgender girl to participate on a girl's team can be sued. Ansley Erzin is a senior at Carlisle High School. 
She holds state and national titles in track and field events. She supports this bill. I refuse to live in a world where little girls like my sisters have records, titles, and scholarships robbed from them by biologically male individuals. A world where they can't even feel safe in their own locker rooms because we've allowed them to be hijacked by men on the basis of their feelings. At the end of the day, we compete with our bodies, not our self-proclaimed identities. This is not an attack on the trans community. This is a fight for the restoration of the rights so many women before us have fought so hard to secure. Gabby Smith is a freshman transgender girl from Decorah who is in volleyball, bowling, and track and field. She says the thing she looks forward to every day is participating in her sports teams. They help me make new friendships and keep the old ones. They have made me stronger mentally and physically. If I were told I couldn't play the sports that I want to and for the gender that I identify as, I would feel less about myself like I am being forced to feel different about who I am. At the same time, I would be confused because I am a girl, so shouldn't I be able to play for the girls' team? Poppy Malone is a seventh grade wrestler for Ames Middle School. She says girl wrestling is still new and it's unfair for boys to compete in her team. Girls wrestle girls for a reason. Wrestling just got sanctioned for girls and I am not going to let males come in in the women's sport press. We fought so hard to get girls wrestling going, and it's not going to end now. Transgender females can still do sports, but with the males. Catherine Keir lobbies for Concerned Women for America of Iowa. It's described as a movement impacting the culture for Christ through education and public policy. Keir says this bill is needed to protect girls' sports in Iowa. Men and women are different. Men are not women, and women are not men. Biological sex matters and gender identity, a self-defined perception, should not overrule biological sex. Katie larson Odie is a clinical associate professor of pediatrics from the University of Iowa Healthcare. She says the brain ultimately determines a person's gender. The brain is gendered in early childhood, and this is true for all children. So it hurt my heart to hear people say, so many times, that it's science has proven that it's easy to tell between male and females because that isn't true. I take care of children with differences of sexual development. That's one of my jobs. And when I looked at this bill, I was very worried about those children because sometimes we don't get it right when they're born. And when your gender is determined by your birth certificate, that just doesn't always fit. I appreciate the fact that all of you are here today on both sides. Democratic Representative Mary Masher is one of the three panelists on this subcommittee. Masher says she is adamantly opposed to this bill. I think it is state-sanctioned bullying. We talk a good game up here about protecting students and making sure that their rights are upheld and that we honor and give them dignity in terms of their participation in school activities and sports. And at the same time, we are setting up a system that will allow the state to sanction bullying in our schools. I cannot abide by that. Republican Representative Henry Stone is the co-author of this bill and part of this subcommittee. I believe that you know, women deserve to compete on a level playing field. Uh, allowing males to compete in women's sports uh, destroys fair competitions in women's athletic Uh, opportunities. We must ensure uh, that only biological females are competing in the female category. 
The other author of this bill is the chair of this subcommittee, Republican Representative Skylar Wheeler. We allow transgender athletes to play girls sports. That would rob girls from the opportunity to learn teamwork, sportsmanship, leadership, and self-discipline, and build a sense of belonging with their own peers. No one in this bill is banned from playing sports or being a part of a team or anything like that. This bill simply ensures that we are not sidelining girls in their own sports. To protect girls' sports, we will move this bill forward to the full House Education Committee. A year ago, Governor Kim Reynolds called for the legislature to advance a bill like this. She hasn't commented on whether she supports this proposal yet, but often the governor reserves commenting on bills until they have passed through a chamber or are in their final form. The governor also has proposed a 2.5% increase for school funding. That's the same level the House passed in a bill late Thursday afternoon. The House also passed an additional one-time spending of $19 million to help with staff shortages. The Senate has not debated their education spending proposal yet. It's a 2.25% increase. The Senate version does not include an additional $19 million for staff shortages. I'm John Pimple. This is the weekly legislative podcast, Under the Golden Dome. The script editor for this episode is Iowa Public Radio News Director Michael Leland. Additional stories about this year's legislative session are coming from Iowa Public Radio's Statehouse reporter Katerina Sestarik, also from IPR reporter Grant Gerlock, and Natalie Krebs. Digital team support for this podcast comes from Caitlin Troutman. If you haven't subscribed to the show, well, do that now, wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Under the Golden Dome is a production of Iowa Public Radio.